shot in the end zone. Double coverage, but Randy Moss comes down with it. Unbelievable. Double coverage. He split the defenders. And he makes the score. Five seconds left. This is for the win for all intents and purposes. The play clock running. Culpepper making an audible. Drops the ball, picks it up. He's going to go in for it. And he will make it. Dante Culpepper gets two. And the Vikings sideline has gone nice. This team that we're looking for next year. We're improving It's now. the Going for Two podcast. Now, join your hosts, Ben and Kate. All right, and welcome back, everybody, to another exciting episode of the Going for Two podcast. This is episode number four. I am your your host, Ben, and I'm joined by my co-host, Caleb. Welcome back, everybody. We are getting getting ready to head into the official start of the NFL season. Today's date is September 5th, but you're probably listening to this on September 6th. Caleb, how are you doing today, man? Oh, I cannot wait. Thursday, can't get here soon enough. Chiefs versus the Lions. Chiefs versus Lions, which if you had asked this any other point in time, it probably doesn't sound like a good matchup. But between you and me, man, it it could be a spicy matchup. And we'll get into some of the details here. But um, overall, man, like, how are you doing? Oh, I'm like the Dave Chappelle meme, the crack addict meme. Like, got any more football? Oh, I know. I cannot wait to get into this and everything. College football just kicked off this past weekend, and it was a, I would say it was a mediocre start to a college football season, but there were some highs, definitely. Um, yeah, I think a couple f- big upsets mixed in there. Um, just like last night, Duke took down Syracuse. Uh, Caleb Williams Clemson. still balling out on there on the out there on the West Coast. No, I mean it, and we do have to give a shout out to, and I, I do have to say, I, I, I used to watch college football religiously. Um, as I've transitioned into more of a family man, I've actually started getting into more of it for the draft purposes. Um, so I love being able to see Shadur Sanders. He's been my guy. I want to officially get that out there right now. This is officially, I am officially a Shadur San, uh, Sanders stan. I think I've always thought that he's going to be a high round draft pick. And I think that confirmed it, but that confirmed it. It's one week, but I think that um, added some credence to that, that idea there, but it was overall exciting. It was good to just see some live action, meaningful football again. Yeah. Yeah. Colorado and Deion Sanders, they look like the real deal this year. Uh, I think they're going to jump up into the the polls to about 17th. That's what uh, I was that, hearing today. That, yeah. Yeah, that that roster looks stacked with talent. I mean, he turned that roster completely over. Um, they deserve to be ranked, and I think they're going to prove to the world uh, this year that they're here to stay. And we are an NFL podcast, so don't uh, don't don't confuse yeah, don't, things. Don't here. flip the dial but just yet. I do have to mention though that the USC Caleb Williams versus Colorado and Shadur Sanders, Travis Hunter, that is going to be must watch TV. You better believe that I'm going to be tuned into that one. Yep, that's here in like four weeks. So yeah. a lot of NFL talent coming uh, down the pipeline via that game. No, it will. And we will be getting into the quarterback class for the 2024 NFL season. We'll be touching on that from time to time from podcast to podcast because it is shaping up to be one of the deepest looking quarterback classes in a long time. I've actually was actually just before I got on here with Caleb was reading an article about how they're already starting to compare it to the 1983 draft, which was famously the John Elway and Dan Marino draft. Um, and there were plenty of other guys drafted in that draft as well. But 
long story short, it is deep, but we'll get into that here shortly. Let's talk about NFL football because we are getting ready for opening weekend. It's a magical time of year. Teams are getting their rosters ready. There's still some last-minute transactions going on, but unfortunately, there are some injuries. So there's been a major injury as of today, September 5th, 2023, this afternoon. Caleb, do you want to break it down for us and talk about it? Travis Kelsey and his bum knee. No, uh, he hyperextended his knee uh, this afternoon in practice, uh, his timeline for week one is probably that he's not going to suit up. Uh, we're waiting to hear the evaluation to see what's going to happen beyond that. Yeah, it does not look good for Travis Kelsey. I actually was just um, actually before I got into the 2024 NFL quarterback class meeting. I was actually reading an article about uh, how they're actually were testing his ACL, which I'm pretty sure is standard procedures when there's a knee injury to it test is. the ACL. But it is always a little jarring to see that they are that they're checking to see if there are any kind of tears or anything like that. So, yeah, I mean, the hyperextension of the knee is a minor tearing of the ligaments because it just gets stretched out so far. Mm-hmm. However, the to the extent of which he hyperextended it will affect the timeline of his return. Yeah, and we don't know that yet. Nothing has been released, at least not as of the recording of this podcast. Maybe when you're listening to it, we'll have a clearer picture. But um, as of right now, it is the belldozer time where Blake Bell will be filling in. And I think uh, from the official Going For Two Twitter account, we tweeted out earlier that he is definitely streamer worthy in all of your fantasy leagues. So if you are a Travis Kelsey owner or somebody who loves to stream tight ends, go out and pick up Blake Bell because he should be an enticing option there because guess what? They have nobody else really that we know of, at least at this standpoint. Yeah, uh, not only that, the wide receiver class over there is pretty thin. They lost a couple guys, didn't bring any new guys in really. Uh, so I know they were going all in on Travis Kelsey having a phenomenal year again this year. And any time that uh, he's going to be out a couple weeks, you have to have somebody that's going to replace him in your fantasy lineup. No, I completely agree. Top tight, top top tier tight end, actually the number one tight end on most boards. So I mean, definitely a major hit. Concerning, you never like to see a guy who's entering into his age thirty four season. Um, he'll turn thirty four during the season. You never like to see them going through some kind of an injury like that to start the year. We want to hopefully that he can get back to a clean bill of health. I I hate seeing injuries at this point in the season, or not even the season started yet, but at this point of the the point of the year, it's always a major buzzkill for the vibe going into the season, especially if the most popular tight end is is injured. There was another injury as well. Do we want to touch on that, Caleb? Yeah, yeah. Cooper Cup is questionable for week one. I, I would say he's doubtful. Uh, they flew him, I think, to Minnesota or Wisconsin to meet with a hamstring specialist this week. Yeah, that's that's a big one because, you know, obviously we all know Cooper Cup historically has um, battled through injuries throughout the majority of his career. I will still stand that as a slot receiver, he is an elite level talent and kind of the heart and soul of that Rams offense right now. So it would be a massive blow if he's going to miss any time whatsoever for the Rams. Yeah, I was just looking into his stats from last season and he actually finished above Jamar Chase in most categories, even though Jamar Chase is going off the board. Uh, a couple picks higher than him in most fantasy drafts this year. Uh, no, and actually, I uh, we got into a bit of a debate earlier with a gentleman on Twitter about this Cooper Cup, whether or not he was considered an elite level talent in the NFL. Fantasy aside, I truly believe that he is one of the elite level wide receivers in the league. 
Um, that is my my take last year. Going for 800 yards, average 90.5 yards per game that he started last year. Um, almost had five touchdowns in that eight game span. Went over 100 yards in five of those games, and he was catching passes from John Walford and a resurgent Baker Mayfield. So he is an impressive player, regardless of what your feelings are, whether or not he fits the mold of your true elite level wide receiver. He is a big name in the NFL and NFL circles. So something we want to pay attention to, especially for a Rams team who looks like they sold their soul for uh, sold their soul for a Super Bowl in 2021. And it doesn't look like they have recovered fully from that run. So we'll see how that shapes up. It's going to be intriguing though. Yeah, yeah, and just to your final point, and to the gentleman on Twitter, if he wasn't an elite level wide receiver, he wouldn't be considered in the top tier, which I consider top three wide receivers in the NFL, being taken off fantasy draft boards this year. No, nah, so I mean, clearly he is an elite wide receiver. I mean, we're talking about, and I know in 2021 it may have been a flash in the pan, but we're talking about a guy who caught 100, and, I think it was 140 passes and 1,900 yards and 16 touchdowns. I don't care if you're running out of the slot, you're an X wide receiver, you're a number two wide receiver. I don't care if you're a tight end. Those are elite level numbers that only the elite of the elite wide receivers have ever produced. That is, you cannot take that away from him. That's in the books and they won a Super Bowl that year. He's offensive player of the year. I mean, I don't want to take anything away from the guy. I want to give him his credit. It is a major impact to see him dealing with injuries again. And you just, you hate to see it. Yep. Yep. But moving on. Moving on, let's go ahead and I'm going to give you guys a brief rundown of how this show is going to work. This is our preseason awards show. So what we're going to be doing is the we're going to start off, we're going to go through kind of the three things that we're most excited to touch on this NFL season because there are a lot, but we've narrowed it down to three each. I'm going to listen to Caleb's. Um, he's going to listen to mine. We're going to kind of give our takes on the top three things we're going to go. We're going to, we're excited for. Then we're going to go down into our predictions. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but... We told everybody that we were going to go ahead and do this, so we're going to go ahead and look at who we pick for each one of our division winners, and then we are going to get into our team and player awards and slash predictions. More of a prediction than it is awards, but we're going to be looking at MVP, defensive MVP, offensive rookie of the year, who our predictions are, and then we're going to do kind of a wrap-up at the end of the season and see how it kind of all played out, and we'll go down this list. We'll save this list that Caleb and I have put together, and we are going to go ahead and look and see who is a little bit more accurate. Now, I have, I will do, I will say on terms of my list, I feel like Caleb and I share a lot of similar opinions. So I tried to go a little eh, non-traditional with my picks here, just so to create a little bit more of a dialogue and to keep it a little fresh, but um, I still feel pretty firm about it. But Caleb, you ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. For our top three things that we are excited to see in the NFL this upcoming season, Caleb, I'll let you go first. Yep. So my number one is going to be the transition of Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. I think everybody has their eyes on New York right now. Um, they've added a lot of pieces, brought in some returning players from Green Bay, his friends and people that he's close to, over to the Jets. They've added Dalvin Cook. They've really went all in chips-wise. I'm excited to see if the Jets and Aaron Rodgers can make the playoffs this year. Now that will be incredible. I think that's something that everybody in the nation is paying attention to. As we know, New York, the biggest market, they bring in one of the biggest names in football who has been one of the biggest names in football for the last 15 years, brings in a ton of talent. Let's see if gang green can get back to their winning ways. It should be a fun season for them. Yep. Uh, do you want to hit me with your number one? 
Yeah, my number one is what I just titled it was the shifting of the guard. And that's something I've been I've kind of noticed during and I'll expand on that in a second. I've been noticing that in kind of my research, my independent research into NFL football this year. This is the first year without Tom Brady, without a Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, that entire era 2000s or 2010s quarterback crop. This is our first year without one of those legacy players. So this is truly, in my opinion, the first year that we're really going to see outside of Aaron Rodgers, who's kind of that lone um, hold fast, uh, kind of being carried over from the guard. But this is the first year that I can really know of. It feels like it's a different league. It feels like there's a new face of the league now that Brady's gone. It feels like it's entirely in Pat Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and Jalen Hurts' hands. And maybe not even necessarily Hurts, but it feels like the narrative has changed about you know who these primo quarterbacks are. It feels like we've moved away from Tom Brady. We even have Aaron Rodgers switching teams, so he kind of gets a fresh start here. It just feels like it's a shifting of the guard, and I'm really intrigued to see how this starts to play out, um, especially as we start to move away from Aaron Rodgers in the coming seasons. But this year, for me, just really feels like that big transition year. So that's what I'm really excited to see is kind of these guys take the league by storm and really just kind of – make it their own for the first year, if that makes sense to you. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I think we are finally seeing that outside of Aaron Rodgers, it's a whole new, it's like a facelift of quarterbacks uh, throughout all of the NFL right now. There's really no starting quarterback that's over the age, I think of like 28, 29. uh, No, you're right. Throughout the whole NFL outside of like Rodgers and maybe Geno Smith. No, I, yeah, I agree. Geno Smith's 33 years old, or 32 going on 33. Oh, and Russell Wilson. But, yeah, I mean, he's practically one foot in the grave at this point. Yeah, that's true. We'll see what he, we'll see what, what, what old Russ has left in the bag. But in true snake fashion, I'll give you my number two one. And it kind of goes hand in hand with my number one. It is the MVP race. Because I feel like for the first time um, this year, I feel like obviously Patrick Mahomes is going to be the front runner in most years going forward. But I feel like it's really open season for anybody. And I feel like this is going to be the year where we get somebody that we're not anticipating to win MVP. I feel like a a lot of NFL fans, there's two answers. It's either Pat Mahomes or it's Joe Burrow. Those are the first two that people are talking about. But I'm looking at the guys after them, the Jalen Hurts, the Justin Herberts, the Lamar Jacksons, the Aaron Rodgers. I want to see if one of these guys can step up. And I think that there is, this is a really good season, especially considering the injury concerns that Patrick Mahomes' teams is going through, the lack of talent at the wide receiver position. I think this is one of those years where we really are opening things up. Um, and we may see guys like maybe, maybe a Geno Smith puts together an incredible season. Maybe a Daniel Jones finally takes that next step and takes the league by storm. Maybe Josh Allen finally gets that hardware that he's been chasing, it seems like, for so long. But the MVP race is always every year. It is always enticing to watch, but this year it feels like it's going to be an absolute war zone, a bloodbath to the very end to see who's going to win that 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 trophy at the very end of the year. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of war zone and bloodbath, that leads me to my second thing that I'm excited for, and mine is the gauntlet of the AFC. Mm. Um, I think it is just brutal, and it's going to be a knockdown dragout fight, especially the AFC North because I could see any of those four teams cleaning up and winning the division this year. And then also divisional play for like the Bengals and some of the AFC North, they have to go and play the chiefs. They have to play the bills. They have to play uh, some teams have to play the Jaguars who are no cakewalk this year. I think there's just so much loaded talent and elite level quarterback play 
that it might be what we saw a little bit last year of the Eagles just running through everybody in the uh, the NFC and uh, put up some points early in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. Got off to a really quick start. No, that is true. And just, if you just we did our if you guys haven't listened, we did our AFC and our NFC breakdowns the last two weeks. And I do have to say the AFC is dominantly more talent laden than the NFC this year. And so, like, it is going to be fascinating to see who's going to who's going to kind of emerge from that war zone. That is the AFC this year because they are going to be battle hardened and they are going to be ready. And I I truly believe and we'll get into our predictions at the very end. I truly believe, Caleb, that I think the the AFC, we're going to see another Super Bowl win for the AFC this year. I just feel like they are just so much more talent-laden than the NFC. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, but speaking of the NFC, leads me to, in the emergence of who's going to come out of there, is my third point that, or highlight that I'm excited to uh, take a look at this season. And I think it's more of a prediction is I think the Saints are that team that start to emerge and really um, win the division, become the cream of the crop and go on to challenge like the 49ers of the Eagles this year. Ooh, wow. I like that. You know, Derek Carr's looking nice and juicy and jacked over there in New Orleans right now. So I don't know if you've seen any of those photos that have been floating around. The man oh, is yeah. looking. He has definitely hit the weight room and he is. It's all that gumbo, man. We all can definitely serving down there. We can definitely get into the New Orleans Saints a little bit more when we're going through our division winners, but I do have to say this. I And I just want to kind of take a sidebar and say that I am expecting massive things out of Derek Carr this year. The way that he's approached the offseason, every statement that he said, that man is out for blood this year, and I don't think he's going to leave anything on the field. He wants to prove the Raiders wrong. He is angry. The man is mad. He's just he's upset. He's mad. He felt like he was treated unfairly in uh, Las Vegas, and I cannot wait to see what this man's going to bring to the table. I am definitely going to be paying attention to Derek Carr. Yeah, yeah, I think he has. Obviously, he has a chip on his shoulder, uh, but it's going to be a direct comparison between him and Jimmy G now. And he's going to be. If you don't think he's going to be looking up his stat lines compared to Jimmy G's every week. Uh, I think you're crazy because I think that is a direct example of how he's performing versus how his old team is performing. It's going to be entertaining to watch. Fuel the fire. I can't wait to watch that. But it's going to be it's going to be amazing. I love a motivated Derek Carr. I always like the guy. He seems like a pretty class act. I don't know anything about Derek Carr. Him being more of a West Coast team, but I know he always put up pretty solid stats. I was actually looking at his body of work in terms of his. Years yearly stats. Man is a solid quarterback option, and I don't blame the Saints for going out and getting him. Yeah, outside over twenty yards completion percentage. I think he is the third highest completion percentage in the NFL. That's incredible. So. Underrated quarterback. Yep. My third point, and then we'll move on here, is the running back level of production going into this season, and that's just because of, and like we've mentioned it in our former podcast, the narrative that is surrounding the running back position this year. I feel like it's really taken on something brand new. A lot of these running backs in the NFL, they're mad. They're really upset. They feel like they're undervalued. They feel like they're underappreciated. We've seen the, the drama surrounding, you know, Jonathan Taylor and the drama surrounding Austin Eckler. I'm really concerned. I'm really interested to see how that's going to develop. Are we going to see these running backs running even harder this year? Or are we going to see them kind of giving a metaphorical middle, middle finger to these teams by kind of slacking off and just trying to, 
show their worth to their franchises. Um, it's something that I'm I'm intrigued by. It's a it's a dialogue that I've been intrigued by ever since I heard it kind of come out about the forum a couple weeks ago about the running back position. So I'm really just interested to see how these guys are gonna how they're gonna perform. Yeah, it it begs the question of if your team is going to not like if your team is out of playoff contention. So let's say uh, let's say like the Lions, for instance, just throwing mm-hmm. it out there, and their new pick, and you know they have Jameer Gibbs now. Does Jameer Gibbs all of a sudden get put on like more of a pitch cl- pitch count by the NFLPA? Like, hey, we only want you hitting this amount of touches until we can restructure uh, the in the next CBA, so that we make sure running backs get more more money. Or how is that going to work? Do you think you think he only gets X amount of carries, and then he's like, oh, I'm feeling a little sore. I might sit out this week. Well, I will tell you uh, specifically about Jameer Gibbs. The thing that intrigues me about him, and I really cannot wait to see what his um, – I can't wait to see what his contract situation is going to be in a couple years because they are saying, a lot like Austin Eckler, he's going to be lining up in the slot almost as much as he's going to be lining up in uh, in the backfield. So I'm curious to see like if he tries to switch his position so that he's labeled as a wide receiver, kind of like Debo Samuel was. Um where he's also lining up in the backfield. I'm very curious to see like how these running backs are trying to try to finagle the positional, the position kind of a lot like we saw with tight ends several years ago when Jimmy Graham wanted to be franchise tagged and be paid like a wide receiver was rather than a tight end because it was so much higher. And we saw a lot of these tight ends on their Twitter accounts and their social media handles, switching their titles to pass catcher rather than tight end, just because when it comes to comes time for contract negotiation, They don't want to be seen as one specific position. They want to be seen as, you know, kind of ambiguous so they can get that higher end money. So, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be interesting with Jameer Gibbs just because the type of player he is. It's already fascinating to me what Austin Eckler is, because he is truly the heart and soul of that Chargers offense. So I'm just I can't wait to see what the running backs are going to do this year. I think it's going to be real. I'm really intrigued by it. Um, not even further fantasy value, which are always, you know, kind of steadfast, but it'll just be interesting to see how it, how it works out. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, this year and maybe next year, uh, a lot of precedents are going to be laid in the running back um, culture in the NFL. Makes sense. We're getting short on time here, so let's keep on moving right along. Our next section, Caleb, we are going to go ahead and do our preseason division winner predictions here. So this is the way it's going to work. You're going to go ahead and give me your AFs, your, your your prediction for the division winner of each division. You're going to get to say one line or a couple of lines of dialogue that reflect your opinion and kind of back up your opinion there. I'm not going to debate it. Likewise, I hope you don't debate mine either. <laughs> but we'll try to keep this as quick as possible, moving as quickly as possible, because what I don't want to do is if you want our opinions deeply on these teams, go back and watch our divisional breakdowns for each one of these teams, because we really get in depth and we debate a lot of these teams and what our viewpoints are on these teams. Um, so that's the way it's going to kind of work. We'll kind of do it in snake draft fashion where I'll go and then Caleb, you can go and then you can give your next one as well. Um, so are you ready to get into it? Yep. Okay. Sounds good with the AFC North. I'll start and then you can go with the AFC North and then the AFC South. So my AFC North prediction, and I know this is going to be a little different than yours. I am predicting the Baltimore Ravens are going to win the AFC North. 
Um, I think the Cincinnati Bengals are there have been the last two division title winners. I think I think the Baltimore Ravens have upgraded a lot. They've upgraded their offensive line. They've upgraded their offensive weapons as well. I think we've seen a Lamar Jackson contract in hand come back. I think he's going to be playing with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Um, I think he's going to want to show out and uh, he hasn't been great for the last three years. So I think he's going to want to really um, take the world by storm. He's still got Mark Andrews, Odo Beckham, Zay Flowers there now. I really think they, the Baltimore Ravens, their defense is loaded as well. I think the Baltimore Ravens are going to go for the big W there. Yep. Uh, I mean, I could see that. Uh, my pick is the Bengals. Uh, I think they have one of the best offenses in the NFL uh, that keeps their defense fresh uh, with some fresh legs most of the time. Um, but this is the least, this is the, the one I feel least confident about. I feel like, 30% chance the Bengals win the AFC North. That sounds like, and, seems like good odds. Seems and, like good divvy, odds. And divvied across equally throughout the rest. I could even see the Steelers or the Browns coming in and sweeping house. It could be any one of these teams. Yeah, it really could uh, be. I, I, it's, it's almost like rolling a dice and just, yeah, that's how confident I feel in this pick. But I do think the Bengals, they won it last year. They added more pieces to their offensive line. They beefed it up. Uh, added some guys on the defensive side since they uh, they lost some safety help. They they went out and drafted and got in free agency. Um, upgraded the tight end spot. Yeah, they they upgraded the tight end spot. So uh, I think it's hard to pull that away when you're talking about Bengals being a Super Bowl contender. I think you have to mention in the same breath that they won the AFC North. So fair enough. I, I got to take them for the AFC South. I am all in 110% on the Jaguars. Wow, okay. I think Trevor Lawrence takes a massive step up this year. Calvin Ridley and him already look like they're on the same page. They have ETN. They have a solid defense. Great head coach. Uh, I think they're the full package this year. Fair enough. I mean, I think they're definitely in the mix, but they are not my pick for the AFC South. My pick for the AFC South are the Tennessee Titans. And the reason why I'm saying the Titans is I think on paper, some people might think that they've taken a step backwards. I disagree. I think they've taken a step forward. I think Ryan Tannehill has won. This is going to be his final year in Tennessee before they turn the reins over to Malik Willis or Will Levis. I think this is his last year there. I think he's also fighting for potentially another bridge quarterback spot on a team next year. With that being said, I think this is the best receiving core that he's had in Tennessee. I think DeAndre Hopkins has quite a bit left. He's made multiple quotes saying that he's going to, you know, the year that he's not a thousand yard receiver, he's going to hang up his cleats. Lo and behold, he's back and he's on with a new team. So I feel like he feels like he's confident. He doesn't need the money. He's been paid handsomely throughout his career. So he's back. I think he feels like he can play at a high level. And thus far, that's what it's, it seemed like in training camp. Traylon Burks. He's young. He's explosive. Can he stay healthy? That's the big question. Derrick Henry is there. Tajay Spears. Um, my biggest thing with them is I think that they're going to have the best defense in football. Um, I think they've made, I think they've made a lot of moves this offseason, bringing in Sean Murphy Bunting to play slot corner. They have the young corners there. They have a great safety duo in Imani Hooker and Kevin Byard. And I think this year we are going to see Jeffrey Simmons really step up at that de- defensive tackle spot in Tennessee and showcase that. I think this year, and this may be a little bit of foreshadowing, but I think he's going to show that he is maybe the best defensive player in football this year. Um, so I, my pick for the AFC South are the Tennessee Titans. Interesting. 
right. as as for the AFC East, I went with the safe pick and didn't go uh, wild here. I'm going with the Buffalo Bills. I think we we know what they are already. Josh Allen, perennial MVP candidate, Stephon Diggs, top five wide receiver in the National Football League. They are going to unleash the running game a little bit more. James Cook and their defense is always going to be stout, especially up there. And the biggest advantage that they have is they play in Buffalo. So the elements are always a factor when we get late into the season. So the Buffalo Bills are my pick for the AFC East. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you with the Bills. Um, I think Josh Allen will be in the talks for, you know, maybe Offensive Player of the Year or even MVP. Um, and I think they go ahead and make a deep playoff run especially if they get home field advantage and people have to go up there into Buffalo and play. Like you said, the elements are just so brutal that time of year, um, especially even late in the season where uh, they can take advantage of that and clinch home field. So, And then I didn't go out on a limb for the West either. I, uh, I played it safe with the Chiefs. Uh, I think the defending Super Bowl champions, rightfully so, need to be slotted back at the, the divisional champions. No, I agree. I mean, I think that they're always going to be a threat to win the win the entire thing, um, especially winning the AFC West. But just to create a little bit uh, a little bit of um, a conversation here, I'm going with the L.A. Chargers. Um, I know, I know, the Chargers always find a way to Charger, but I think that they've added some pieces to the offense. You've got a healthy Keenan Allen, a healthy Mike Williams going into the season. You've added the piece of Quinton Johnston there to be kind of that next wide receiver. I think he's going to be, by midseason, he's going to be one of the starting two top wide receivers out there in L.A. I think that defense anchored by Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, um, and then the secondary also, you know, obviously it has J.C. Jackson in there. Um, They've got a lot of different pieces out there and with the Chargers. I think they have a lot of talent out there. I think Justin Herbert, we're going to see him take a step forward this year. Last year, we saw him take a step back. I think he takes a massive step forward this year. Um, obviously, they have Austin Eckler at running back, but they also added some diverse talent in Spiller out of Texas A&M. So, I mean, I think that it is going to be an interesting squad out there. Yeah, I mean, I can foresee them rivaling them and being in the hunt for sure. No, I agree. Um, as for the NFC North, I am going out on a limb here to say somebody that <laughs> you're not going to like, but <laughs> I am going to predict the Green Bay Packers win the oh. NFC North. Um, I'm not the biggest Jordan Love fan out there, but the simple fact remains that he has been learning from Aaron Rodgers for the last two seasons, last three seasons, actually. And it's finally his time to shine. Um, he has some young talent and wide receiver out there. He's got the two twin backs and Aaron Jones and um, Dylan. And I also like the receivers in Romeo Dubs and in Christian Watson. I like I like their talent out there. Their defense is getting some key package, uh, some key pieces coming back. Rashawn Gary's getting healthier out there. I think the Green Bay Packers are going to be one of the surprise teams in the NFL this year, and I think they're going to take a weak division, and I think they're going to – I don't think they're going to win a ton of games. I mean, in terms of like the scheme of things, I think they're going to be about a between an 8 to 10 win team out in Green Bay, and I think they're going to surprise a lot of us. Yeah, yeah, I just disagree. I think this is the Bears' division to lose this year. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Justin Fields – is going to take another step up. They went out and got him some wide receiver help. They added DJ Moore, who looked fantastic in the preseason. 
and then they beefed up the defense in the offseason as well. So I, I really do think it is the Bears season to uh, or division to lose this year. You know, I actually hope that they do. Um, <laughs> I think it's going to be Green Bay, but I hope it's Chicago. Um, that franchise deserves an elite level quarterback, and they've never had one in their entire franchise history. So yeah, I, I think am, this might be the year he uh, he tries and goes over a thousand yards on the ground. I cannot tell you. I am pulling for Justin Fields. I want him to prove me wrong, but I I I have my doubts. Yep, and then in a snake fashion, I already told you guys of my highlight this year. Uh, I'm picking the Saints for the NFC South. Same. And I think Derek Carr is just a really good quarterback that's been placed in a wonderful situation of Mike Thomas and Olave. Uh, they get Kamara back after week three, as well as uh, then they add, uh, what's the guy's name? Um, Saheed. They added Saheed from the well, Salvin. Yes. Um, so yeah, I think I think the Saints Rashid. are poised to have a to have a really good year. Is his name Shahid? Yeah, it's Rashid Saheed. Rashid Saheed, that is right. I was, I was combining the first and last name. Mm-hmm. And they have Cam Jordan out there who's still yep. steady. And I'll just jump in here because I I agree with the pick. That's who my pick is. I just think that Derek Carr is out on a mission this year. He's still in the prime of his career, 32 years old. Plenty. I mean, that's still within the prime of NFL quarterbacks playing career. I think he is out for not just a win. I think he's out for blood this year. I think we're going to see him slinging the ball around. He's always kind of had the little bit of that gunslinger mentality, but I think he's really going to get out there. And I really think he's going to start throwing this ball around. I think he's motivating Michael Thomas. The other thing that people aren't talking about with Michael Thomas is his contract's almost up. So it seems like with Michael Thomas, motive money is one of the big motivating factors for him. So if he needed some motivation to get back out there on the field, his contract is starting to come to a close. Actually, I think they can get out of his deal this year. So he's definitely going to be competing for next year and the years following that. Still only 30 years, 30 years old. I think we see Slant Boy return to form. Um, also, let's not forget, they added the Super Bowl piece. Jimmy Graham again. <laughs> they do have Jimmy Graham, 38 years He's old. Back. Out of He's football back. last year. He's returning this year. And he made the 53. <laughs> I still can't believe it. He's so back. Jim, Jimmy Graham coming back. Apparently, from what I'm saying, is they think or from what I've heard, is apparently his conditioning has been top notch. He came in looking like a Greek god. So I am really pulling what, for Jimmy what did Graham. He do? The things that this man probably did to make the 50. He probably said, I will clean all the toilets all year long into the postseason if you put me on this roster. <laughs> He's probably paying them. Let's be real here. I will help serve food with the lunch ladies this year <laughs> if you give me this chance. I never thought going into the season we'd be talking about 38-year-old Jimmy Graham making an NFL roster after sitting out sitting out an entire 2022 NFL season not being on a roster in 2022 he comes in and he makes an NFL roster at age 30. Oh, actually, not 38. He makes the roster at age 36 going into his age 37 season. I'm going to be paying attention just because he is a throwback player. He he was good in the early 2010s. I almost added him to my fantasy team just out of nostalgia. You almost have to. I mean, you see the name Jimmy Graham, you think premier level tight end. I wonder how many people this year drafted Jimmy G thinking it was Garoppolo. 
and it was actually Jimmy Graham. I don't know. It's a, it's it's going to be interesting to see. I I still think I think there's a chance with that big body basketball frame of his that we see him rumbling for you know 500 yards and eight touchdowns by season's end. I think comeback player of the year. I you know what I I no no I mean that's already sealed in the bag. I think we have the same pick for comeback player of the year, but yeah. I think that's the easiest one that I had to pick. But um. <laughs> Stay on track here. The NFC East, this is the easy one. I guarantee you have the same pick as me. It's the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, fly, Eagles fly. Super Bowl team, maybe one of the top two rosters all in, of all of football. My only concern, and it's not really of a concern, um, their wide receiver depth. I'll be very blunt here. Their wide receiver depth, uh, depth sucks in Philadelphia. So if one of those guys go down, Look for it to be kind of a um, you-know-what show. Um, they only have four guys on the roster right now, obviously, and two of those guys are kind of premier talent at the position, A.J. Uh, Brown and, um, um, Devonta Smith. and Devonta Smith out there, but they also have Quez Watkins, um, and they have, uh, I forget, the, they have one other guy there, uh, Zacchaeus, Olaminius Zacchaeus, the guy from Atlanta they brought in to be kind of a uh, slot guy. I already, uh, already struggled with uh, Rashid Saheed's name, so I'm not taking a crack at that one. Hey, no worries. I did my best, but they are a little thin there, but overall they have the best team. They Once again, they have some older guys out there, Brandon Graham, Jason Kelsey. These guys are kind of coming for blood as well. It's like their last ride in the sun. I think both of them, we're going to see them walk away from football at the end of the year. I think they're going to leave nothing on the field, and they are going to do their absolute best to try to secure a second Super Bowl championship for the Philadelphia Eagles in the last 10 years. Um, I want to say it's probably similar to what your pick is for them. Yeah, my, my pick is the same there. Um solely based on the NFC East, I think is fairly weak this year, as well as they really beefed up their defense throughout the draft and they are looking real nasty. So even if an AJ Brown or a Devonta Smith does happen to get hurt, I still think that they can overcome it just based on their defense alone. And you know what I want to do Stu, just kind of put the NFC East here. I do want to ask you a question. Sidebar time. The narrative surrounding Dak Prescott, I just want to say this out loud, and this might be some, uh, a bit of a, a semi-rant here. The narrative out there on Twitter and in the social media scene about Dak Prescott, I think it's gotten out of hand. I think the narrative going on about Dak Prescott now is that he's a scrub. He's not worth it. Shoot, I've been in several fantasy drafts this year where he went completely undrafted in fantasy leagues this year. And I think Dak Prescott is a solid quarterback. I don't think he's elite. I don't think he's in the upper echelon, the top seven guys. But 10 to 15, yeah, I think he's right in that range there. And I just think that the narrative surrounding Dak Prescott has gotten out of hand this year. I know the whole NFC East is a little down this year. It's a little bit weaker, but... I just wanted to say that I've been seeing that a lot on social media. People really just taking a steaming hot poo on Dak Prescott's name. And I just feel like it's it's really kind of unwarranted. Like I said, I don't think he's in the elite of the elite quarterbacks in the league, but he is definitely on the upper echelon of that solid tier of quarterbacks. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will hold my thoughts on him for a couple more points down here. Okay, sounds good with me. I just wanted to get that out there because I've been seeing it all over Twitter here recently, and it's 
it's been bothering me to an extent. Um, we went a little bit out of order here in terms of the snake draft. I think the next pick actually is yours, but I'll let you go oh. ahead and take the lead on the right. NFC yeah. West because I almost guarantee you we have the same pick. Yeah, I was going to say, we. I'm sure we have the same pick, and I'm sure it's the 49ers because they are yep. head and shoulders better. The only, I guess the only people that could maybe uh, rival them in that division would be the um, the Seahawks. But I, I think the 49ers are head and shoulders way better than them, just Which, top to bottom defense-wise and offense-wise this year. We probably should have mentioned this in our overall news, NFL news. The San Francisco 49ers are all in cards on the table, face up on Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. If I don't think we touched on it since our last our last podcast, but they traded Trey Lance to the Dallas Cowboys the throughout the course of the list past week, which settles any kind of debate whether or not he is the quarterback of the future. They viewed him as a mistake pick at the number three spot in the 2021 NFL draft. They've moved on from him. So they are all in on Brock Purdy. I think that that says something that says that says a lot to me personally about how they feel about Brock Purdy. It means that they don't view him as kind of a flash in the pan guy who found success. They view him as a legitimate starter in the league, and they definitely view him as a guy that can get them over the hump. So it's something that we just I just wanted to mention. But yes, yeah, San Francisco, 100 percent. They are, in my opinion, the best roster head um, top to bottom in the NFL Great wide receivers, great running backs, great running back depth, and the best defense in paper on paper last year. And I think they're going to definitely be in the mix for the best defense again this year. Yep, I agree with all of that. So. Okay, so that gets us through all of our um, divisional predictions for the year. We'll definitely keep tabs on that, and we'll see how accurate it is by season's end. I'm glad we did have a little bit of uh, differing opinions here. I hope that I'm wrong in some of the areas, but um, I hope you're wrong in some of them too, for my sake. But oh yeah, um, AFC North who day. Um, <laughs> let's move into our our team team predictions specifically. Um, not not being restrained by conferences or divisions. Um, who is your surprise team of the year? My surprise team of the year is going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ooh, I thought you were going with the Saints. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers have a very good chance of winning that division. I think they 100% make the playoffs. Kenny Two Gloves is going to come out slinging the rock this year. They added George Pickens. Uh, they Najee Harris looks like the top running back potentially maybe this year, and then their defense is all healthy. T.J. Watt's back. I definitely agree with but, you though that he is a primo talent. He's a three-time first-team All-Pro. Um, maybe that's what I was looking at. That's my bad. Is a one-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year, but you're legitimately not wrong in terms of the quality of the player that he is. He very well could have been a three-time Defensive MVP of the year of the league. I mean, he is a premier pass rusher in the NFL. So, I mean, I agree with you. I think what I really like is I was surprisingly high on Kenny Pickett going into the 2022 NFL draft, and I felt like I was alone on that island. I really liked Kenny Pickett going to the draft. I know there was a narrative about his hands and the gloves, and then he had the whole um, faking fake slide incident in their bowl game, but I really like Kenny Pickett. I think he can definitely sling the rock. They have wide receiver talent there. They have talent across the board. I mean, their tight end room is loaded. Pat Fryermuth and Denzel Washington. Or not Denzel Washington. 
I had Washington from Georgia out there going to town in the tight end spot. George Pickens, Deontay Johnson. I mean, they've got talent all over the board. Their their running back depth is great as well. Jalen Warren, obviously, Najee, uh, and Najee Harris. Obviously, they have talent across the board there. The offensive line's been upgraded. I love that pick. I really do. Yep. But I went and in a so, different direction. Just for clarification as well, he's been in the running for Defensive Player of the Year in 2019, 2020, and 21. 2019, he finished third. 2020, he finished second. 2021, he finished first. So that is my bad. I read the sheet wrong. Nope. You're, there's nothing wrong with that, But though. he's made the Pro Bowl for five straight years. And last he's, year, he was hurt. He's one of the premier pass rushers in the league. So I, I'm not dinging you too much for that. And his brother was a three-time winner, too. So Yeah. His brother was pretty good. My prediction for the surprise team of the year this year, and you're going to hate it, Green Bay Packers. Oh, I just gosh. feel you're like... You're all over them. <laughs> I'm not all over them. I just feel like there's a, narr- a strong narrative out there in the social media sphere that Jordan Love is a bust before he even sees the field. And you know what? I'm not going to say that he's not. He very well could be a bottom five quarterback in the NFL this year. But for the sake of this sheet, I'm going to say that he's going to take a leap forward and he's going to surprise some of us. He's had time to marinate, grow, learn, hone his skills. And that was a knock on him that he was too raw coming out at Utah State. I think that we're going to see him take a massive step forward this year. I think the wide receivers are going to be even better this year. They're all healthy coming into the year this year. The stable of running backs, he's going to lean on those guys as well. They drafted Luke Musgraves out there from Oregon State, who's kind of a freak tight end who we could see him become a real viable option. Maybe not this year, but next year. Who knows, though? Tight ends usually seem to take a little bit longer. But I think they're going to be in the running in the division up there in the NFC North. And I think that they are just going to surprise some teams. I think we could see what I really, truly do envision. And Caleb, let me just say this. What I envision is, if you ever remember, Aaron Rodgers' first year as a starting quarterback in the NFL, which was 2008, he wasn't super elite. He looked good, but it wasn't great. It was the next year he came in and took another step forward and was truly elite. One MVP. They won the Super Bowl that the very next year. I think I'm not necessarily saying Green Bay is going to win a Super Bowl in the next five years, but I do think we're going to see him take a step further and he's going to be very serviceable, if not good this year for Green Bay. So they are kind of my dark horse surprise team in the NFL this year. Uh, I hope for your sake you're right. I just don't see it. But fair enough. That's the whole point of this show. (laughs) Disappointing team of the year. You know, you want to go first? You want me to? Um, I'm just going to be honest with you. You're going to be mad at mine. Okay. I'll go ahead. Well, you're probably going to be really mad at mine too. (laughs) Go ahead. Who's yours? Uh, My disappointing team of the year is the Cowboys. Ooh. Okay. On the shoulders of Dak Prescott. All of that hate I feel is completely warranted. I think uh, he's going to be a 30-year-old quarterback, and I think the wheels fall off. We're, we already saw it a little bit last year. Uh, his completion percentage dropped. His overall passing yards dropped. His interceptions was the highest interception rate that he's had in his whole career. He, he threw 15 interceptions last year, um, which was two more than his highest year, which was his second, which was his second year in the NFL back in 2017. They didn't add really any wide receivers, and they lost one of the running backs in Ezekiel Elliott. So I think we see him regress this year. 
Now, I, you're not you're not offending me because I, I don't don't think Dak Prescott is an elite level quarterback. I've never said that, um, and I'm not saying that you did claim it on me. But um, what my whole narrative, what I'm what I'm just trying to say about Dak Prescott is, I think that he is a solid level quarterback. Um, I think he's slightly above that Andy Dalton line of quarterbacks. I just think that the hate that he's receiving is unwarranted. I mean, we're talking about a guy who in 2019 threw for 4,900 yards and 30 touchdowns. I mean, now, albeit that was with Amari Cooper in town, and they had a lot more that talent was there. before his ACL tear, too. Before his ACL tear, and that is definitely something to keep in mind for sure to see if he's kind of recovering from that, which was in 2020 after he had that massive um, start to the season in five games, he threw for 1,800 yards and nine touchdowns to start the year. Looked like he was going to win MVP. I thought he was one of the best passers in the league. I just think that the narrative surrounding him has gotten a little out of hand. I think that people are hating on him a little too much. But you know what? That comes with being the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. That's just a simple fact. I mean, you're always going to have a spotlight shine upon you. So my disappointing team of the year, I, it kills me to say it, but it's going to be the Cincinnati Bengals. And I hate saying it. I really do. And I think there, you know what, there is a chance for me that the Cincinnati Bengals win the entire win the entire thing this year. I think there's a really good chance that we see Joe Burrow win MVP this year. I think there's a good chance that we see Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals make a strong run to the Super Bowl. I just think that there is, with considering the AFC North, how loaded it is from top to bottom, from Cleveland to Pittsburgh to Baltimore, with the, the, the additions that those other teams have made. We really haven't seen a major needle move for the Cincinnati Bengals this year. I think Joe Burrow is going to have a very strong season this year. But what I'm, what I'm predicting is I think that they're going to be coming in second in the division this year. Maybe slide in at a wild card spot. Maybe they make some noise. Maybe they don't make some noise. But the last couple of years, they've been relying heavily on a lot of luck. Um, I don't want to say a lot of luck, but they they have had a little bit of luck on their side going into the postseason. Um, the way that the kind of the, the the way the coins flipped, it's always been kind of on their side. So I I'm very split on this. It was hard for me to put them. They're my favorite team in the NFL. Joe Burrow is my favorite player in the NFL. I hope that I am wrong. I am just maybe maybe it is 30 years of watching them crumble when we don't want them to, but. That's just what my gut reaction is. Yeah, I totally get it. Uh, here in Cincinnati, we call it the Cincinnati curse. It seems like no matter what Cincinnati team we're rooting for, uh, we just can never seem to get over the edge uh, since you and I have been alive. So I totally get that. But I think that with Joe Burrow, you're always in the mix no matter what game and who's on the field. And that dude just finds a way to win. And I, I think that they're going to, be right back in the AFC championship game, trying for another Super Bowl. And that sounds nice. I hope it's right. <laughs> I do too. But yeah, I hope I am wrong. I will I, gladly I, I hold that L. I do understand that the AFC is a gauntlet rolling back to my highlights of the season that I'm looking forward to. So I hope so too. And uh, we'll, we will see what it looks like at the season's end. But now here comes my fun time for this podcast. This is the part that I've been looking forward to. We are running a little bit longer than I was hoping to or hoping for at this standpoint, but we can make this pretty quick, but this would be pretty fun. This is our individual player awards and how we see it kind of kind of playing out. Some of these are official awards, MVP, Defensive Player of the Year. Some of these are 
unofficial award, surprise player of the year, um, bust of the year, comeback player of the year, which is kind of a mail it in at this point, in my opinion already. Um, but Caleb, you ready to dive into it? Let's do it. I can't Let's... wait for you uh, to hear some of my picks here. Okay, sounds good. I can't wait either. Surprise player of the year. Do you want me to start? Go for it. All right. Slinging Sammy Howe. Oh, he is my okay. surprise pick for player of the year. I was We're high on not Sam. Too far off on our picks, but anyway, go ahead. I was very high on Sam Howe coming into the 2022 NFL draft. He was coming in. He was supposed to be a first round pick coming out of North Carolina. There were some knocks on him about being um, a little shorter. His uh, his measurables weren't the greatest in the world, but he was going into his senior year or his uh, yeah his or his junior year. He was seen as a first round NFL pick. Their team was devoid of talent there in North Carolina. They lost a lot of wide receiver talent, offensive line help to the NFL draft. And he was kind of left looking around the room, kind of like uh, wondering where it all went. And his stats reflected that. His team's record reflected that. And I think his draft stock reflected that as well. I was high on him when he slid down to, I believe it was the fifth round he fell to in the 2022 NFL draft. I thought the, the commanders got a steal by selecting Sam Howe. And by all reports that have been coming out of camp, he has looked every bit the part of a first-round pick at quarterback, receiving rave reviews from the coaching staff and ownership and fellow players. They have a great wide receiver core there. They've got depth. They have Jahan Dotson. They have, of course, scary Terry McLaurin over there. They've got a good stable of running backs in Jameer Gibbs, or not Jameer Gibbs, in uh, Antonio Gibson and in Brian Robinson. I think their offensive line has been um, has been improved this offseason i think that the defensive side of the ball they have a loaded defensive front if they can get chase young healthy i think that's only going to help them down the road i think sam Howe. i'm looking for him in terms of if we're giving a statistical prediction i'm looking at 4200 yards 25 touchdowns and 11 picks and i think he is going to be the surprise player of the year and i think he's going to really solidify that quarterback spot for the commanders which I may I do want to make a note has not been solidified since 30 something year old Mark Brunell was there for several years back in the early 2000s. So oh, I am looking for Ryan Fitzpatrick for a little bit. They've had a lot of guys here. Right? <laughs> right. I mean, how, how long was Fitzpatrick there? Like a, a drive last year or was it two years ago? Yeah. And they had, uh, didn't they have Kirk Cousins? That's when he went all you like that. They did have Kirk Cousins for a couple of years, but I think he's going to Sam Howe is going to be the next guy who's going to be starting there for the next 10 years. And that's my prediction. But OK, OK. Who's your surprise well, player of the year? Yeah, so uh, we both went on the quarterback route and we both went in the um, the NFC route. My surprise player is Desmond Ritter. Ooh, OK. I love that. I think they went out. They got him uh, some running back help, obviously, and B. John Robinson. Drake London was not bad at all last year. He was actually uh, very serviceable on the fantasy aspect via receptions and yardage per game, especially towards the back half of the season. Um, yeah, I, th- I think he's going to show some improvement this year. He's mobile. Uh, he can When he gets outside of the pocket, he can get down the field, and uh, I'm excited to see what he progresses into this year. Wow, man, you made a whole segment about the Atlanta Falcons and Desmond Ritter, and you didn't mention Kyle Pitts or Bijan Robinson. I'm impressed, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm impressed. I mean, I think Drake Drake London is a very elite talent, and then um, yeah, not to mention Kyle Pitts coming back off the injury as well. 
and hopefully he gets right. And I would love that for Desmond Ritter. He is a stellar human being with a great personality. I think he could take a good step in the right direction this year. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping for it. Um, as everybody knows, he's also a UC kid. So, uh, thump your chest, go Bearcats. Um, disappointment of the uh, year. Not to get back into college football or anything, but me and my wife have a fun bet. She is a UC alum. And if anybody knows about college football, UC flipped over their whole lineup, their quarterback transitioned to wide receiver, their whole coaching staff left with Fickle going to Wisconsin. Um, They ended up hiring a decent hire in Satterfield from Louisville. Um, But with all that turnover um, of the roster and the coaching staff, her and I have a friendly wager this year. It is, uh, I take her to the restaurant of her choosing if UC wins over four games. If she, mm-hmm. if you see wins under four games, she has to take me out to wherever I want to go. Man, I don't know if I would have made that bet for you. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, Only UC three games to go. Against, uh, EKU, but they got a uh, they got a tough road to hole this year being in the uh, the Big Twelve. Which hurts as an EKU alum watching your team get thumped by UC, and they're going to get thumped again this weekend by UK. Oh, yeah. Um, but speaking but of disappointments. Speaking of disappointments, disappointing player of the year. Who's your prediction, Caleb? Uh, it is not just a player. It is a whole team. I couldn't oh, okay. just do a player because I think this is going to overshadow it. My bold prediction of the year, which is just an overall disappointment, is that the Jets are going to miss the playoffs. Whoa. That's the first I've heard that. That's going to be crazy. That's a yes, crazy take. I don't think that Rodgers has enough left in his arm. I think Dalvin Cook is not going to transition as well as lots are hoping he is going to. Brees Hall still coming off the injury, not going to be fully ready for a couple weeks, it seems. Um, I understand that Garrett Wilson is still going to be Garrett Wilson. I think they're going to win some games. That AFC division is just way too tough. I do not see them sneaking in. Fair enough. That's a that's a definitely a bold pick. My disappointing player of the year is also bold, and that's what we, and that's what we tried to do here. Is we wanted to give something necessarily that we think it's gonna it's a lock to happen, but I wanted to try to be a little bit outside the box here with my picks. Um, give maybe a different, a fresh take here, something that you might not hear anywhere else. My disappointing player of the year is Jalen Hurts, Ooh. and that really pained me to say that, but. I think with the season that he had last year was so good coming in second MVP voting very well could have won MVP um, had Patrick Mahomes not existed, but he, he came, he's coming off such a high. The team was so stinking good last year. I just think that and I know they've added even more talent. I just think the expectations for him coming into this season the expectations for him are MVP and a Super Bowl, and I just don't think that they're going to match them. I just don't think they're going to hit those again. I think that Jalen Hurts has already proven me wrong once before, as I didn't think that he was an NFL-quality quarterback. I thought that he abandoned Alabama and needed to go somewhere else to improve his draft stock, and he went to a soft, yes, I said it, a soft Oklahoma Sooners team and a weak Big 12 to improve his draft stock, but he proved me wrong last year. But I think the only place for him to go, um, I think it's going to be down because I don't I just don't believe in I don't believe that the player has the ability to take his game to the next level. And that's just my personal thought. But and I think I think he's still going to have a very good season. 
I just don't think it's going to be what people are expecting. I can see that. Yeah. Especially if uh, one of the wide receivers gets hurt up there, like you said already, uh, they are pretty thin at the wide receiver depth. Um, so if they were to lose one, it's going to really put him in a handcuff and uh, to running the ball quite a bit. I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Um, I also think the injury concern is also massive for any of these mobile quarterbacks. So I think there is a very high probability that we see him miss some time. And he did last year. And I mm-hmm. think that it's very high that he misses it this year. Yeah, but they had to manage that at the end of the season for sure. I agree. And with the biggest, with the disappointment, we also come with the positive, which instead of the negative, the biggest jump forward. Now, biggest jump forward means the player that we see who had some success last year or in the past, and we see them take the next step, jumping to kind of the next tier level of player. So uh, who is yours, Caleb? Yep, mine is going to be old Kenny Two Gloves, Kenny Pickett. Okay, I like that. I think he's been slinging the rock really well um, in preseason. Uh, All the practice highlights that I've seen, he's got the ball on time and in rhythm. Uh, that defense is healthy over there in Pittsburgh, which is a fresh change of pace from last year. Uh, that defense is going to keep their offense on the field, generating points. Um, George Pickens looks good. Najee Harris, I think, is an elite running back. and uh, Who could very easily have been this pick. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I, Darnell Washington, the tight end that they added, looks like a freak of nature. I agree with that. I think we're, I'm expecting big things of Kenny Pickett going into this season. I Like I've, I've already said earlier in the pod, I, I truly do believe in his talent. So I'm excited about that. But my pick for biggest jump forward is Justin Herbert. I think that he started so, with such a bang coming into the NFL. Looked, uh, didn't make the postseason for the first two years, which is kind of the knock on him last year. Got had that massive collapse of the Jacksonville Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence in the postseason after Lawrence threw those four picks in the first half, and then he came back. I think the narrative around him shifted a little bit from kind of this upstart young gunslinger who's throwing the ball around. He got beat up last year. His shoulder was messed up. His ribs were messed up. His wide receivers were in and out of the lineup. He came in and really, truly did just kind of gut through the pain and tried to play as well as he could. I think we see him come back strong this year. His team is even better after they were seen as loaded going into last season. I think they're even better than they were going into last season. I think we see him take a massive step forward, especially um, finding a new uh, kind of best friend there in Quentin Johnston, who I loved coming out of the NFL draft. Um, I think we see Kenny uh, Keenan Allen do his thing. We see Mike Williams do his thing. I think the defense has improved. I just I'm expecting big things from Justin Herbert, and I think this is the year where we truly see him cement himself in that tier with Joe Burrow and with Pat Mahomes as kind of the cream of the crop in terms of NFL quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean that that I could see very well see that happening. Uh, just add him to another list of really top end quarterbacks in the AFC. I agree, and. Uh, this coming up to the next one, I think this is the easiest pick. I think we have the same pick. I'm not sure. Now, full disclosure, Caleb and I, he sent me over his picks, but I did not look at them before this show. I think this is the easiest one that we're going to have on here. I think we're already, I think I'm already right about who's going to be comeback player of the year in the NFL. Demar Hamlin, it's already in the bag. The minute he, he made the 53 man roster, the moment he steps on the football field, 
he is going to win comeback player of the year. It doesn't matter if he produces. It doesn't matter if he's an all pro. It doesn't matter if he's terrible. I think the minute he steps on the field, he is one comeback player of the year. And that's really all I have to say about that. We've never seen a player with that level of an injury with who essentially died on the field and then come back the following season. I think it's runaway. Caleb, do you have anyone different? No, for, for you guys that listeners that don't know, I've coached football for uh, 12 years now, uh, both at like the high school level, some at the college level. Um, I was actually at this game that he was at, um, that the incident happened at. And it was the scariest thing that I've ever seen on a football field take place. Um, I, we, we literally thought he was, well, he, I guess technically, yes, he was dead. Um, saw the CPR of the trainer, giving it to him there with the sheets around the ambulance back out on the field. And just the fact that not only is this guy alive, but he was good enough to make a 53 man roster this year. I don't know how, I mean, the guy avoided death and he's still playing football. So I don't know how you don't give it to him. I mean, name the word after him. I mean, I think, uh, I was, I was on the train, you know, Alex Smith almost died because of his leg injury. I was like, you know what? Name it the A, uh, the Alex Smith trophy. I think it's going to be the DeMar Hamlin trophy. I think it's going to be the Hamlin trophy moving forward. I truly believe that. Yeah, um, Hamlin comeback player of the year award. I truly believe it's going to be the DeMar. It's going to be named after him moving forward. Yep. It should be some nice royalties moving forward as well for him. So there's no <laughs> thinking about the dollar signs. But this is the one that I'm really excited about because this is not an official award that is given out, but we are going into our statistical leaders in the NFL this year. Um, I'm excited about this one because I think we can get kind of crazy here. I think our narratives are going to be a little different. I think our picks are going to be a little different. Rushing yards leader, Caleb, who do you think is going to lead the NFL in rushing yards in the 2023 NFL season? Gosh, man, all these, uh, all these player picks have me rethinking who I should have picked for the AFC North. Um, I have Najee Harris. Whoa, that's not who I expected you going with. I think he has balled out in camp. He looks phenomenal in preseason. They're going to open it up. He hasn't had a quarterback that can sling the ball accurately (laughs) and on time in a couple years now. And so a healthy Steelers defense is going to keep that offense chugging on the ground. And I I think he's just going to rack up the yards and touchdowns this year. I can see that happening for sure, especially with the improved passing game and the improved defense there and the healthy well, defense, plus I should Darnell say. Washington plus Darnell Washington blocking on the end, too. Yep. That's not going to hurt anything. Being bigger than most of the offensive linemen on their team already, that never hurts. My pick, I went a bit in a different direction, and um, the reason why I did is a little different than what you said. So my pick, and I, I, I shouldn't have done this, but I did. I picked two <laughs> because... I think it's going to be either Derrick Henry or Josh Jacobs. And let me let me explain why. I almost picked Josh Jacobs. <laughs> now, let me let me let me tell you why here really quickly. Derrick Henry is entering into the final year of his deal. He's 29 years old and we all know that that offense runs through Derrick Henry there in Nashville. I think that they are going to run him into the ground this year. I think they're going to hand him the ball 350 times as long as his body can handle it barring injury. I think they are going to suck every last bit of football out of that poor man that they can get before they let him enter free agency. He's not and a poor I think, man. He's I a think, very rich man. I think the exact same thing can be said about Josh Jacobs. I think if the Raiders valued him as much as they 
probably should have at 25 years old coming off a, a, a rush title already. They didn't offer him a long-term deal. They offered him a one-year $12 million deal, which is very surprising for a former rush champion of just the year prior. But I think that they are going to do the exact same thing as Derrick Henry in Tennessee. I think that the Vegas Raiders are going to hand him the rock, especially with their quarterback position being a little weaker and the injury concerns about Jimmy Garoppolo. I think they're going to hand Josh Jacobs the rock 350 times per game or 350 times might be per game, uh, but probably 350 times per (laughs) over the season. I think they're going to see, yeah, we're going to see him given every opportunity to make the most out of those carries. And then I think at the end of the season, they're going to say, you know, thank you for your service. Thank you for your carries. But, you know, we're moving in a different direction now. I think we're going to see both those guys run into the ground and the teams are going to move on from them. That is my prediction for rush champion. It's going to be either one of those two. Yeah. Yeah. And both have a history of already producing at that type of level. Um, so yeah, I mean, ride that horse still, it falls dead essentially. I agree. And you know, we move from the ground and pound to the air mail. So the receiving yards leader, who do you think is going to lead the league in receiving yards, Caleb? I think Tyreek Hill takes it home this year. He finished oh. second last year to Justin Jefferson in receiving yards. I think with the addition of Devin A-Chain in the backfield, with all of that speed, a healthy waddle, if Tua stays healthy this year, you, and remember, he finished second last year, and Tua was out for like five games. I think it was like four games, but battling the concussion and everything. So if, if Tua stays healthy, I really do think Tyreek Hill will end up Number one on the the receiving yards list. Man, Tua hasn't even set up set set foot on the field yet this season, and he already has a concussion. <laughs> they they have him in bubble wrap at all times. <laughs> no, my I like that pick. Tyreek Hill definitely has every opportunity in the world to go off this year. I was thinking about go, double dipping in terms of last year's receiving leader and going with Justin Jefferson, but. I don't think it's going to be Jefferson repeating as a two time or repeating as back to back receiving yard champs is always incredibly difficult in the NFL, especially in a pass happy league. I'm going with his former LSU running mate and Cincinnati Bengal Jamar Chase. I Ooh, think you're expecting the third year step up, huh? I'm expecting the third year step up from him, which if any of our listeners isn't familiar, there's historically a, a, a jump in the in a player's third year, specifically a wide receiver's third year in the NFL. But I think we're going to see a healthy, motivated Jamar Chase. I think he saw, um, I think he saw what his running mate in Minnesota did. I think he was on pace to outdo his rookie season last year before a foot injury kind of derailed his season and made him take a step back. I think he is without a doubt the unquestioned number one wide receiver there in Cincinnati, and I well here in Cincinnati, and I think he is going to really take the next step forward. I'm expecting. Somewhere in the range of, and we should have given a prediction for running backs, just for full disclosure, I'm looking for around 1,800 yards from either Derrick Henry or Josh Jacobs. But for Jamar Chase, I'm looking for anywhere around 1,600 yards to potentially even 1,700 yards. I'm looking for a massive jump in that team um, in terms of the statistical production. I think that the AFC North being even more competitive, I think more games are going to come down to the wire, which means they're going to have to throw more at the end of games. I think Jamar Chase is going to really take a big step forward. I think he's going to be healthy and he's going to be motivated, especially since he's also kind of entering into that contract negotiation period of his career, especially for that first big deal. I think he really wants to put his best foot forward and really take his game to the next level. So he is my prediction for. I hope you are right. 
I, I hope I am too. <laughs> and um, you know what? I'm going to throw this one in here because I didn't know how to actually include this in the um, in our category. But let's just go, and this is kind of off the cuff here. It's not on our sheets here. But let's go with passing leader, and that can be a combination of yards and touchdowns. Who do you think is going to be the passing leader? And if you don't have a if you don't have a guess, I can go. Um, because mine's Joe Burrow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yards and touchdowns. I mean, he just slings. I mean, he he's throwing it like 35, 40 times a game, easy. Um, I just think with the the level of production that we saw from Joe Mixon last year, I'm expecting another slight step down in the running game from Joe Mixon again this year. I think he's lost a lot of juice. I think they're going to have to throw the ball even more. They did add Irv Smith, and if he can stay healthy, which is a big if, I must add, because he has failed to do so thus far in his NFL career, I think that's just another wrinkle that they've added to their offense already. I think, like I said, with the AFC North being even more loaded, I think they're going to have to pass the ball even more. I'm expecting, don't quote me on this, obviously, my prediction is somewhere around 5,100 yards for him passing this year and about 42 touchdowns. That's a pretty impressive number. Um, the only one that I was going to go off the cuff with, and it's just because of how many weapons there are out there and how fast they are, is uh, Brock Purdy. Ooh, man. I wasn't expecting that. That's kind of the cap that is off the, the backfield. Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and Debo Samuel feels a little bitter about him not having a great year last year. People are saying he got paid all this money and he's really cut his production. I've heard it, it's taken, taken him to him pretty personally. And so uh, he's excited to get back. Um, and then obviously George Kittle, the goal line presence. Um, yeah, I think they are just a 10 headed monster out there. Plus their defense is going to be healthy this year. Uh, that's a, that's a fair selection. And I, I like Brock Purdy. So I, I kind of hope you're right too. I wouldn't mind that if he really took a massive step forward. But moving right along the list here, we're just chugging away. Offensive Rookie of the Year. Caleb, I'm going to let you go first, and then uh, obviously I'm going to go, but I have a pretty good reasoning for mine. So who is your prediction for Offensive Rookie of the Year? I cheated. I, I, I took two here. Oh, I don't feel I, as bad about the running backs now. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think it's a coin flip. I think it's going to be between B. John Robinson and Zay Flowers. I've heard Zay Flowers looks absolutely phenomenal. Uh, teams for the first time in years have been calling the Ravens asking for trade proposals for some of their wide receivers. Wow. Okay. I haven't heard that. That's incredible though. I've yep. heard, and I've then, heard a lot of good things about Zay flowers though. Yeah. And then B John, I think everybody knows what he's going to be and that's why he's going top five running backs in fantasy this year. Falcons are just going to hand the ball to him, lean on him to open up the run game or open up the pass game. I'm sorry. And I've heard he's going to be heavily involved in the passing game as well. Yep. Now, my reasoning for I did not pick either one of those guys. And Bijan, I feel like, is the obvious selection. Um, the way that my thought process went here is I looked at the quarterbacks. I don't think we're going to see massive things out of any of the quarterback, the rookie quarterbacks this year. Um, I just really am. We know Anthony Richards' situation there. Richardson's situation in Indianapolis, it's not great right now. So I don't think he has the best supporting cast. C.J. Stroud in Houston. Houston's still a bit of a mess, but hopefully, you know, D'Amico Ryans can get that straightened out. Um, and, you know, Bryce Young, I think he's just going to take a little bit of time to marinate and before he can get really accustomed to the NFL game. Um, Let's not even get on Will Levin and the mayonnaise contract. I mean, you never know. He may win MVP. Who knows? 
but he's going to win Mayo Valuable Player of the Year. He may not be. He may not win MVP this year. I mean, you can't ever say never. But you know, he's won MVP of my heart already just for the mayonnaise. So yeah, that's um, what that's what MVP stands for. Mayonnaise Valuable Player of the Year. That's true. I mean, the massive deal from Hellman's. You know, I can't beat that. I, I, I want some of that mayo money. Um, and that's going to be my new nickname for him, mayo money. Mayo money. But, um, nice. Offensive Rookie of the Year. I'm going with Jordan Addison, the wide receiver from Pitt and USC, who was drafted in the late first round by the Minnesota Vikings. I think he is a premier wide receiver talent. I think he could have, well, not necessarily premier, but I think he's a very, very good wide receiver talent. I think he could have sat out last year. He had no reason to transfer to USC, but he did because he got a lot of the NIL money. I think it was around $3 million to go to USC last year. I think he transferred over there. I don't think he tried at all. I think he really just kind of mailed it in because he could have sat out last year and he would have still been a first-round pick in the NFL draft. I think he's going to be putting his best foot forward because now he's working towards that big contract that he's hopefully going to be able to get. And the biggest boon, one, he has Kirk Cousins throwing in the ball, who not an elite-level quarterback by any stretch, but he can definitely deliver the ball to wide receivers, as we've seen with Justin Jefferson. Um, but that's another big part of it is Justin Jefferson is going to be receiving double coverage almost every single play. I think it's going to be opening things up for Jordan uh, Jordan Addison on the other side of the field there. I think I could see some big things coming from him. I think 1,200 yards and 8 to 10 touchdowns is not out of the question. I think we see him regain some of his pit um, ability, some of that speed he displayed at pit. And I think he really kind of surprises some people and really takes the league kind of by storm a little bit. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I could see it. Um, I don't know if he'll overcome the Bijan hype, but um, definitely going to have a good impact on the Vikings this year. I agree. And as for the defensive rookie of the year, Caleb, I already know your pick, and I actually have it marked down on my sheet. Here's my, and it states, here's my pick. Caleb is going to be picking this person, and it makes sense. But So I will go ahead and let you start. I've uh, I've been high on this guy since he fell to the Eagles, and I want to reprimand every team that were above the Eagles for not taking him. But uh, it's Jalen. Jalen Carter. He has been such a force already in practice, in the joint scrimmages, in preseason. I am excited to see this guy ball out all year on an already loaded Eagles defense. And I agree with you. And I think that in every sense of the word, and I mean this genuinely. That is the smartest pick, but I knew you were going to pick it, so I went with somebody different. (laughs) So I went with Alabama pass rusher Will Anderson up there in Houston just because I think I liked his talent. I think he was definitely a very nice pass rushing talent, kind of the chosen one, if you will, from his Alabama days who kind of stumbled a little bit. I mean, I I thought he was going to go a little bit higher going into the draft, but, you know, his workouts weren't, you know, they were incredibly good, but they weren't that superstar elite level that I was hoping for from him. So we fell a little bit down to the Houston Texans. I believe he went third overall instead of, you know, in the top two, which I was kind of thinking he might go. Um, but I think, you know, he is going to be asked to be the premier pass rusher out there in Houston. And I think he's going to deliver this year. I think we could see him really make um, a lot of noise in the tackle for loss column. I don't know if he's going to reach double digit sacks yet, but I do. I can definitely see him getting in that eight to 10 range of sacks in Houston for his rookie year. So he is my pick for Will Anderson, but let's be real here. Everybody's pick is Jalen Carter. It's just so. that Eagles defense is so good that he's going to have so much more opportunities uh, for sacks and tackle for losses than uh, Will Anderson. No. But to your point, 
we were both sitting together watching the draft when the Texans traded back into the first round after already having the number one pick to go grab that guy. So obviously there's something special about that kid that they see and they wanted and valued and gave up some more picks to go get him. Well, we could either see him have a season kind of like Miles Garrett back in 2017, like Miles mm-hmm. Garrett had, or we could see him have a season similar to like a Trevion Walker, where maybe he just needs a little bit more time to develop. He is still very young. I believe he was 20 at the time he was drafted, so he is a very young kid still. Um, but I expect big things from him. He has a very nice pedigree coming out of Alabama there. Um, so he's my pick. But here's the one I – and I – the last two, we kind of have the two biggest awards in the NFL right now that we're kind of leaving up for uh, for debate here. Our Defensive Player of the Year and our MVP. Caleb, do you which one of those do you want to take first? I'll take Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, I've already hinted to mine. Um, everybody knows mine is probably T.J. Watt. I think he makes another Pro Bowl. I think he gets his second Defensive Player of the Year since I thought he already had three because I was misreading my sheet. Um, but for the past three years that he's been healthy, but outside of last year, he's been in the top three and voting for it, won it in 2021. Still made the Pro Bowl last year with only playing 10 games. Um, I think it's it's a odds-on favorite to potentially win it. I think it's between him and maybe Joey Bosa. Ooh. Joey Bosa or Nick Bosa? Joey Bosa. Ooh, because he's on my list as a as a note to mention. So, okay, my defensive player of the year, who I think is going to win it this year, my prediction is Jeffrey Simmons, who is motivated after getting that massive contract. He's already one of the premier pass rushing defensive linemen, interior pet defensive linemen in the NFL. I think Tennessee's defense is even better than it was last year. It's improved. Um, it was decent middle of the road last year, but they get Harold Landry back. They've added some depth in the secondary. I think it's going to free some things up. They also brought in Arden Key and signed him to a decent deal after he's kind of developed and showed some promise there at Pass Rush. I see they've upgraded the linebacking core. I think this is the year that we're going to see Jeffrey Simmons really take that massive step from being a very, very good defensive tackle to being a the premier defensive tackle in football. I think he kind of takes that title away from Aaron Donald this year as kind of that premier talent there. He is my prediction to be the defensive MVP of the year of the league this year, but I did actually have in triple stars on my sheet next to his name, Joey Bosa up there in LA. Breaking it down from just on paper, he has Khalil Mack on the other side drawing double teams away from him, so he's not going to be double teamed all that much. They have a strong defensive front there in LA, and they've got a good secondary as well. I think Joey Bosa is kind of like Derek Carr incredibly motivated his brother his younger brother mind you just won defensive mvp last year joey bosa has if you look at his his uh yearly history he goes healthy injured healthy injured healthy injured last year he was injured this year and predicting he's going to be healthy just following suit with his historical track record i think he's going to be incredibly motivated i think he also received a ton of flack because of the way that he handled himself in the playoffs last year I think there's been some questions about his overall talent level, and I think he's going to be coming out firing on all cylinders. And I really see, for the first time, I'm going to see him break through that low double-digit sack number and maybe get into that 15 to 16 sack range. He's already one of the premier run stoppers in the NFL, and I think he is going to be phenomenal this year. I just think that Jeffrey Simmons might be a tad bit better than him this year. 
but Joey Bosa is right up there with those guys. Yep. I think it's between Joey Bosa, not Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa on the Chargers, and uh, TJ Watt. I think oh, those are my pick. top two. The Bosas and the Watts collecting hardware. <laughs> yeah. And family jeans. For the final selection that we have tonight, our most valuable player award of the in the NFL. Drum roll, please. This is the big one you've all been waiting for. Caleb, fire Mine away. Mine is Christian McCaffrey. Ooh, we're running back. We haven't seen that in forever. What is the yeah. last time that's happened with Adrian Peterson? Uh, I would have to do some research on it. I, I'm assuming that you would be correct on that. Um, but boring. That pick is boring. He stays healthy. Currently, he is the third odds-on favorite to win. Um, offensive player of the year. It goes Jamar Chase, number one, Justin Jefferson, two, McCaffrey, three, and Nick Chubb, four. So it is odd to see, not to see a quarterback in the top four. I just wanted to make a note of that. Mm, Well, I did go with the historical record of the quarterback position here. So um, my pick for MVP this year, and I went with a dark horse. We all know about the Joe Burrows. We all know about the Pat Mahomes, all these guys that are always in the mix, the Jalen Hurtses. I'm going with Justin Herbert, and I really do believe that we see him take a step forward this year. I think this is the first year in maybe the last 20 to 30 years where we see the Chargers not Charger, and I think we see them actually come out on top on a lot of these games that have usually been coming down to a coin flip. I think we're going to see a massive statistical boost from Justin Herbert this year. Um, I just think he's going to be incredibly good this year. Um, I think there, there is he is going to be he is going to be stellar, um, and I, he's going to be my pick. He's already a great talent, but I think people are sleeping on him, and I think he's going to take a step forward. Um, yeah, yeah. For you, for the listeners who heard me clicking real quick, I was trying to look up the odds on a Justin Herbert Offensive Player of the Year. I currently cannot find them. He is not in like the top 20 players. So No, and he is being slept on right take now. A, if you want to take a flyer bet and want to listen to Ben, go for it because I'm sure you're going to get great odds on it. Oh, I'm sure you will, and I think that Justin Herbert definitely should be in the mix for MVP every year, same as those Pat Mahomes and those Joe Burrows because the one thing he's going to do is he's going to put up numbers. I did want to make a special note here, and I, I want to say it right now. I don't think this is going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. So don't at me on Twitter. Don't come after our Twitter page about this happening. I just want to make a special note of this. I think we could see Derek Carr put up numbers in New Orleans. The Saints come marching in this year. I don't think he is going to be MVP. Don't don't quote me in saying that I think Derek Carr is going to be NFL MVP this year, but we have seen him in the race already in 2017 going into week 15. He was top three in vote getting for MVP before he got injured on that Oakland team. They were Oakland at the time. That Oakland team, he that's familiar territory to him. He's played at an elite level before. We've already said the man has been motivated out the wazoo this offseason. I think there is a chance we see him just come out and just start slinging the ball around like we've never seen him sling the ball around before. He is the most motivated players are dangerous. Pissed players are lethal. 
and I am I expect him to put up numbers down there in New Orleans. I don't think he's going to win MVP. I'll say it again for the tenth time. I don't think he's going to win MVP. I just think at the end of the season, it's not without of question to see him putting up forty eight hundred yards and thirty five to forty touchdowns. That's all I'm going to say. Man. Buy the man dinner first before uh, before all this love. Oh, dude, have you seen his biceps? I'd buy him more than dinner. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I just echoing you. I think he's going to have a great year. I think Kamara is going to have uh, a very solid season after he gets back and just going to be a great addition to him in the passing game. If Michael Thomas can stay healthy and old man Graham can stay healthy, I think they have a pretty solid squad down there in Nolans. We'll see what happens, and it's going to be intriguing. And the last thing that we have on our sheet, and we are running very long right now, but that's okay. We're having fun. Um, the last thing we have on our sheet are our Super Bowl predictions and who are our two teams that we think are going to be making the Super Bowl. Let's touch on this really quick because there's a lot of factors that go into it. And quite frankly, we don't really have the time to get into all those details. But Caleb, who are your Super Bowl pick? And then let's get out of here. Yep. So I think it is the 49ers and I think it is the Bengals. Ooh, and that okay. might Love be a that. homer pick by me, but I just think that the offense is so good. The defense really didn't lose anything. Um, and anytime you have Joe Burrow as your quarterback, I, I don't think you're ever out of a football game. So fair enough. That's fair enough. My prediction is very similar to yours. I had the same half and actually for the AFC, I kept, uh, I typed out one team and I kept scratching it out and putting in another one. Um, my NFC's prediction is I don't think Philadelphia repeats. I think that they end up, uh, stumbling a little bit in the postseason. I think they might come out flat and get beaten. I think the San Francisco 49ers, kind of like Derek Carr, are motivated. I think that they're going to come out slinging this year. I think they're going to be out for blood. I think the San Francisco 49ers find themselves in the next Super Bowl. And my representative for the AFC, man, it could be any team. It really could be. Um, I am picking the LA Chargers. I think they're going to come out of the AFC slinging as well. I think they're going to be fire this year. I think we might start to see them realize some of the talent that they have. I if don't feel happens, good. We're just severing California from the U.S. We're just pushing <laughs> it out to sea. I don't. I do not feel confident in that pick at all. My first selection were the Cincinnati Bengals, but I think that they may be down a little bit from where they were. I then scratched out, put Kansas City, but I'm wondering about the injury concerns and the lack of wide receiver talent. And now with Kelsey, then I scratched them and out. Chandler Jones holding out. Yeah, and then yeah, with the, well Chandler now Chandler Jones with um. Chris Jones. Chris, Chris Jones. Jones sorry. That's Chandler Jones, UFC fighter. No, speaking of which, Chandler Jones, who is, who is the defensive end for the Oklahoma, the Las Vegas Raiders, he put out some fire to have posts on Instagram today, which we'll have to get into on our next show because that was <laughs> wild. But um, calling out basically his entire team and everything like that. And apparently yep. they, they locked him out of the gym and everything. But um, it was just wild. Yeah. It, yeah. it could be it could be Cincinnati, <laughs> it could be Kansas City, it could be Buffalo. Shoot, it could be the New York Jets for all we know. The AFC is truly wide open. I only came to the LA Chargers because I, I do expect big things out of them this year. Um, but I don't feel confident. Don't bet on that because I don't I, I I'm probably ten percent of me believes that they're gonna make the Super Bowl this year. But um that is that is who my pick is going to be. Um, I think it's going to be a great year. I'm excited for it. Caleb, the next time that you guys and everybody here at home hears us talking, 
we will have had our first see, first week of NFL football. So we will be so fan. I will be more than happy and more than excited to be able to spend an hour with you guys to talk about breaking down all of the games and all the action that we saw. Some of our biggest surprises, some of our biggest disappointments, and moving into kind of uh, predictions for each and every week that are coming up here. So, Caleb, do you have anything else before we sign off? Just remember... Hit those waiver wires, and don't forget to set your fantasy lineups Sunday morning. Everybody, make sure you hit those fantasy lineups. That is crucial. But more importantly, let's just make sure that we all have fun. Make sure that we have a good season this year. I'm wishing the best of luck to every NFL team if they're listening to this, which they're probably not. But like, if they are, I wish good luck to all of the fan bases out there. I hope it's a really good season. I'm really excited about it. One of the more one of the more exciting seasons that I've been a part of. Um, I'm happy to be able to enjoy it. I'm happy to be able to enjoy it with you, Caleb. We will be texting and interacting all throughout the weekend, I'm sure. And with that said, please, if you don't mind, like, subscribe, and share our podcast with everybody. We are trying to grow it as big as we can, and every like, subscribe, and share does help a bit. So with that, thanks, guys, and uh, let's have a good week one. The play clock running. Culpepper making an audible. Drops the ball, picks it up. He's going to go in for it. And he will make it. Dante Culpepper gets two. And the Vikings sideline has gone nuts. This team that we're looking for next year, we're improving now for the future. And what a play by Dante. Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong in that play.